when you found your place in the First Samuel 13, if you could stand with me please, out of the respect of the uh, reading of the Word of God. <coughs> okay. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 5. The Bible says, And the Philistines gathered to themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and people as the sand which is on the seashore in the multitude. And they came up and pitched in Michmash, eastward from Beth Haven. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gilead, or sorry, to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. <coughs> and he tarried seven days, according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves or gathered themselves together at Michmash, therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. <coughs> I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandments of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. And we just bow our heads for a, for a word of prayer. <coughs> Father, thank you so much. Lord, for all that you've done for us, God, thank you that uh, we can sing them songs, Lord, about uh, being washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, uh, God, it's all about what Jesus did for us on the cross, that uh, it guarantees us a home in heaven. God, as we uh, we look at this passage in First Samuel 13, God, we, uh, we look at how uh, Saul was not a man after God's own heart, and that David was a man after God's own heart, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll uncover the truth. From your word as to why god we pray that you would help us to have ears to hear god that you would uh, help me to uh, be a blessing to your people that souls would be saved and lives changed as a result of being here in jesus name we ask amen you may be seated <clears throat> okay regrets i've had a few but then again too few to mention i did what i had to do and saw it through without exemption I planned each chartered course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. <clears throat> Those words are well-known lyrics by uh, Frank Sinatra, and it's the song My Way. Now, growing up, we used to hear this song a lot, like uh, Frank Sinatra was a, um, a favourite in our house. Uh, my dad used to play it all the time and we used to listen to this song over and over and over and over again I never really paid any attention to the song like what it was about or whatnot. but um, it's often played at funerals as a, a nostalgic reminder about a person's life now this song <clears throat> is about taking charge of your own life about being the boss and the master of your own destiny it's a very selfish song when you, when you look at it really it's all about me and, and what I want and how I go about doing it and um, we live in a world now where people strive to do whatever they want, and regardless of the consequences. Now, um, 
we're going to look at someone who did just that. Um, a character from the Bible who cried out, I did it my way. Now, um, Saul was unlike David in that he wasn't a man after God's own heart. And uh, we read in verse number 14 that Samuel told Saul that the Lord hath sought him a man after his, after his own heart. And we're going to look at why uh, that is. And next time, hopefully, we'll have um, enough time to, uh, to talk about David and how he was a man after God's own heart. We're just going to focus on Saul for today. <clears throat> now, um, David wasn't perfect, but he understood that when he did wrong, he repents, and that's what makes the difference between Saul and David. So um, David was mindful to do things God's way, but Saul wasn't um, a man who did things God's way. He did things his own way. And in the passage we've just read there, Saul's sacrifice, it was an unacceptable sacrifice. It was done his way, not God's way. Saul's sinful sacrifice shows that he was an impatient man and that he had an impatient attitude and his impatient attitude had grave consequences. <clears throat> so, what do we learn through Saul and his actions and his attitudes? And there's three things I just want you to consider today and hopefully we can learn from them. The first one would be Saul's impatient attitude and that would be um, verses 8 through 10. So the Bible says, And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. So <clears throat> Saul was an impatient man. Saul and his company were in Gilgal, waiting for Samuel. And um, it says previously in uh, chapter 10, Verse eight that Saul would wait for Gilgal. Sorry, Saul would wait in Gilgal for Samuel. So, um, if you want to turn back there, it's First uh, Samuel chapter eight. Sorry, First Samuel chapter ten, verse eight. Um, it says, "And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee to burn, to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifice of peace offerings seven days, that thou shalt tarry till I come to thee, and show thee what thou shalt do." So, <clears throat> so it's not unusual for. Um, Saul to go to Gilgal and to wait for Samuel. It's not, um, it's not something brand new that he was asked to do. He's done it before. <clears throat> but the uh, scenario behind why he did it in verse 10 is not the same. But um, he was supposed to wait in Gilgal for Samuel. So it, it looks like that when um, Saul had a major decision to be made, he would go to Gilgal, he'd wait for Samuel, and Samuel would give him advice. He, he would seek the Lord and tell Saul what he needed to do. So based on the uh, experiences that Saul's had, all he had to do was go to Gilgal and wait seven days <coughs> patiently for Samuel. But when we pick up the story, Samuel was nowhere to be seen. The Philistines, the enemies of Israel, they were preparing. Soldiers, sorry, Saul's soldiers weren't even, the, weren't even there. They were starting to scatter. Now, under pressure, Saul became more and more impatient and he commanded the burnt offering to be brought up to him. Now, no sooner does he do that than Samuel turns up. You can imagine that he's, he's waited seven days for, for Samuel to turn up. He goes, oh, I can't wait no longer. I'm, I'm going to have to do this. He does it, and then as soon as he's done it, Samuel turns up. The, the, the irony of it. But um, you may look at it and think, well, Saul's had no option to, um, to, to do this. You know, he waited and Samuel didn't show. But verse 10 states that um, Samuel did show up within the days appointed, he did show up within the seven days. He wasn't early, but then he wasn't late. 
He only had to wait a little bit longer. Saul only had to wait a little bit longer. And things could have been done properly. <clears throat> so Saul was impatient. Now impatience causes wise people to do foolish things. Now, um, have you ever had someone say to you, patience is a virtue? We've all had it said to us. And it normally seems to be when you're doing something that's impatient, and normally someone says it to you, isn't it, when they say to you, you know, patience is a virtue. And, and how true it is. But um, when we are impatient, we tend to not do things properly. Now, I was thinking of an example of impatience in my life, like, and I'll, I'll just share this with you. I mean, um, for those of you who don't know, I am a roofer by trade. I'm not a preacher. Um, and uh, years ago, I was working on a flat roof, and uh, we were doing a felt roof with the um, hot bitumen. Now, uh, for those of you who have no idea what roofing's all about and whatnot, like this uh, bitumen, it's like basically tar. You have to heat it up in a boiler to roughly about 200 degrees, and then it'll be molten, so it'll be uh, a liquid and you use a pan and you, you pour it out and that's how you do your felt roofing and whatnot like so um, once the uh, bitumen passes a certain point, uh, a certain temperature it starts to burn and there's um, <coughs> no mistaking it really it, it stinks it, it burns a brown smell um, it, it's just awful and it has a tendency to catch fire now um, when, uh, when I was working on this job I, I heated the boiler up and I went about going to do other things because I thought, I'll, I'll try and crack on, get some, get some work done while I'm waiting for it to come on. But I got engrossed in what I was doing, forgot what I was doing, and um, forgot that the boiler was, was still going. My, which time? It was, it was burning. It was overheated. So um, I, I, I remembered, went back, switched it off. But it's too hot to use when it's like that. It's, it's really unstable. So um, I, what I should have done was I should have waited. I should have allowed it to cool down and, and then once it was at a certain temperature I could carry on with work but due to the, the circumstances um, the roof was wide open I had, I had to get it done I could see grey clouds in the sky and I'm thinking it's going to start raining and I, I haven't done it and um, <clears throat> the day's carrying on I don't want to be here till, till it goes dark and whatnot. so uh, I thought I know what I'll do I'll, uh, I'll pour some cold bitumen into it and that'll bring the temperature down so, uh, so that's what I decided to do so I began to put the, uh, the cold bitumen into the boiler. And as I said to you, it's pretty unstable when it's this hot. Like, so it has a tendency to just flash and woe well, and behold. It went boom and, and flashed on me. Like, and I had bitumen all over my arms and it sprinkled me in the face and all sorts of stuff. Like, you know, praise God it didn't blind me. But um, it, should have, uh, it should have blinded me looking at it. Like, but it, it, it really did. It's 200 degree bitumen on your skin. Like, not a good thing. Um, you know, I've still got scars to uh, to show it, like nasty ones. But um, my impatience show, uh, forced me to um, go against my better judgments. I knew what I needed to do. I knew what I should have done, and I, I went against it. And obviously, I paid the price. And um, like Saul, all Saul had to do was just wait, just just patiently wait, and it'll be okay. And many of us can have times where um, impatience causes some problems. I'm sure you've got your own experiences and whatnot, like, but. Saul, Saul's impatience caused him to do something he shouldn't have done. <clears throat> now, Saul's um, unacceptable action. We read in verse 11, And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines had gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. <clears throat> I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. So what was Saul's inappropriate action? <clears throat> Saul offered the burnt offering. 
Samuel told him that he'd done foolishly. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, what's the big deal? Why did Saul, you know, what's the big deal with Saul offering the burnt offering? It was an offering to God, and surely all offerings to God are a good thing, right? No, you'd be wrong, really. Like, and there's three things that are wrong with what Saul did. <coughs> the first one is that he wasn't commanded. God didn't command Saul to do anything. He, did not, he didn't command Saul to offer anything. And um, Saul took matters into his own hands and uh, performed the offering. He says he forced himself to do it. So on some level, he knew that he sh- what he was doing was wrong. If, he, if he's forced himself to do it, he's gone against his better judgment. Now, impatience shows us that when we're not trusting in the Lord, we're mindful. Uh, sorry, we need to be mindful to remember that we um, need to uh, be impatient before we just jump in hastily. You know, and um, I think God probably was testing Saul to see whether he'd trust God that you know, Samuel just turned up straight after he'd done it. It was a test to see whether Saul would do it, whether he'd, he'd have the patience and wait, whether he'd, he'd, wait for, he'd wait for Samuel or he'd take matters into his own hands and take control of the situation. But if it was a test, then Saul failed it. Now, um, so yeah, so the first one was he wasn't commanded. God never told him to do anything. And uh, number two is Saul didn't have the authority. Now, um, in order to offer sacrifices, you needed to either be a priest or um, a Levite, a member of the, the tribe of Levi. Now, Saul was neither. He was um, from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, the only time in Scripture um, an exception can be made is if God commands this offering to be made. Now, um, there's an example of this in Second Samuel 24, um, verse 18. And Gad came that day to David and said unto him, Go up, rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. And David said unto Gad, uh, sorry, and David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. <coughs> and David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. So David made an offering, even though he was from the tribe of Judah. Um, David's offering was accepted and Saul's wasn't. Now, the difference was God commanded it to be done. God commanded David to make that, that offering, and God didn't command Saul to do anything. So um, David did it, and it, it, it's got to be God's way. If it's not God's way, it's not going to cut it. God sets the terms. God gives us the instruction. No matter how good our intentions are, doing, it things, not, sorry, doing things against God's way won't cut it. <coughs> Okay, so God wasn't, sorry, Saul wasn't commanded, he didn't have the authority, and number three, Saul assumed the office of a priest, and in so doing, spoiled God's picture. Now, in 1 Samuel 10, he was anointed king, and in the same chapter, God's spirit came upon Saul, and he prophesied. 1 Samuel 10, 10, the Bible says, And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Verse 11 and it came to pass, when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that, what is this that came that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul among, is, is Saul also among the prophets? So, looking at this, Saul was a prophet and a king. <coughs> Others in the Bible have been one or more of these officers, but never all three. And there's only one person who is worthy to be all three, and that's Jesus Christ. <clears throat> now um, Hebrews 1.1 1, 1, 
It says, uh, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, Jesus, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So it's referring to Jesus as a prophet. And then we've got in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest, a priest that is, that is passed unto the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Verse 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but it was in all points tempted like we, as we are, yet without sin. And then in Luke one we we've got, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. <clears throat> he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So we've got there talking about Jesus, prophet, priest, and king. There's only three. There's only three. Um, sorry, there's only one person who can have them three things. And Saul, whether he knew it or not, spoiled God's picture, and God took that very seriously. Saul should have owned up to his, his mistake when he when he did it, but um, he should have repented when Samuel called him on it. But instead of owning up to it, what did he do? He made excuses. <clears throat> he gave three excuses, and in verse eleven. He gives um, the excuses. It says, And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. So the first excuse is that the soldiers were scattered. <coughs> Excuse me. It shouldn't have mattered that the, sco- that the soldiers had scattered. That shouldn't have made Saul doubt God, and that he felt forced to take matters into his own hands he shouldn't have um, he shouldn't have doubted god no matter what happened with the uh, the soldiers god could have took care of it and god can take care of it the second excuse that uh, saul made is that he blamed samuel for not being there Saul tried to say well it's because you were late i had no choice uh, I, I did it i was forced to do it i had no choice i, I had to do it but samuel as we said he, he wasn't late he turned up when he was supposed to turn up he um, he was in the days appointed he wasn't late it was just Saul was just being impatient. And the last um, excuse that Saul makes is that the Philistines were gathering. The um, the enemy was was mounting. The uh, the pressure was sort of getting to Saul. He, he saw the the um, promises that God had made concerning his people. He forgot all about them. He um, <clears throat> he'd forgotten that all the promises that God had said about concerning Israel, about looking after his people, and that you know, if you trust in the Lord. He will. He will look after it, and he he, he didn't make. He, sorry, he didn't learn this lesson now. And as as we were looking at last time, he, he still didn't learn it when the Goliath showed up. When Goliath was uh, encountering them in chapter seventeen, so um, all three excuses didn't hold any water. Um, Saul should have admitted his mistakes. <clears throat> and how hard is it, you know, when we think that we're in the right, that we try and justify our own actions, that we think you know i'm not doing wrong i'm trying to do it right it's sort of i I, I thought i was doing it for the right reasons even though he should just held his hands up and said right i shouldn't have done it he should have repented but he didn't and um his impatience was an indication that he wasn't right with god if saul's heart was right with god he would have known that the right thing to do was just to wait he didn't have to do anything special all he do was just wait Uh, not definitely not to offer the uh, the offering now Saul's actions, like everyone else's actions, have consequences. And this uh, resulted in uh, Saul's impeachment. 
1 Samuel 13, 13 says, And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly, thou hast not kept the commandments of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee, for now thou, for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom forever. Sorry, kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. So Saul had done foolishly. He, he did things his own way. And because he did things his own way, he was going to lose the kingdom. Not straight away. I mean, he was still a king. But it, what it meant was his line, his son, Jonathan, he wouldn't take over. It, his, king, his kingdom would end with him. Someone else would take over. <clears throat> Kings often lost the crowns in, uh, in ancient times due to um, other kingdoms, other wars and things like that. But Saul didn't lose his, um, his crown in a battle. He lost it because of disobedience. If Saul had done the right thing, if Saul had just waited and just done what God asked him to do, Samuel said to him, you, if you'd have just waited, your kingdom would never have, uh, would never have ended. And it says so there um, in verse 14. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his, own, uh, over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Now, <clears throat> a man after God's own heart would do the complete opposite to what Saul did. A man after God's own heart wouldn't have done things, uh, sorry, would have done things God's way, not Saul's way. Um, and if he did make, if he did commit sins, then he'd be quick to repent and get back to God. That's what that's what David did when Saul, when David realised he was in the wrong, and, and we're looking to this uh, at a later date. When David realised he was wrong, he went straight back to God. But Saul didn't go back to God. He uh, he tried to justify his position. So, what can we learn from Saul? Um, impatience is a sign that we're not right with God. That we want to do things our way and not God's way. And um, when we're impatient, we're not trusting God and his promises. And our actions have consequences and they serve to humble us. Like when I, uh, I, I couldn't wait, I got burned for my troubles. Um, Saul lost his kingship because he couldn't wait and... Not just because of this, like, but things only got worse for Saul. Saul just went from bad to worse. It's, but it started here with his impatience, and uh, things like this only uh, always start with one step. And uh, when we do things our way, it tends to have a knock-on effect, and uh, which normally only ever gets worse. So, a question I could ask today is: Are you someone after God's own heart? I mean, none of us are perfect, but God's not looking for perfect people. God's looking for people who will humble themselves. When we're wrong, we will come to him and repent and not harden our, harden our hearts trying to uh, justify our, uh, ourselves. So if you want to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, it's, it's not trying to be perfect because none of us are perfect. The Bible says that we're not perfect. It's about submitting to the Lord and humbling ourselves before him. Now, um, as I was saying before about you know doing things God's way and, and trying to do things our way, um, if you're not a Christian, then you need to come to God. Jesus said in John 14, 6, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus said, I am the way. <clears throat> not this is the way, not trying to be good or giving to charity or trying our best or anything like that. Jesus said, I am the way. You won't get to heaven if you don't come God's way, and God's way is through Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins and that if we trust what Jesus did on the cross for us 
and repent, then Jesus will save us and that we'll be in heaven one day when we die. Now, I don't know um, <clears throat> who's watching. I don't know the hearts of everybody, but God knows the hearts. God knows where you are. Are you impatient? Do you even have a relationship with God? We all have issues in our lives. We all carry sins. We're all sinners. The Bible says so. Now, um, a man after God's own heart, a woman after God's own heart, will come before God and repent, asking for forgiveness. Not justify our own, our own stance or the reason why we did it and whatnot. We've got to come to God asking for forgiveness. We've got to do things God's way. Because if we don't do it God's way, it's not going to work. So, I mean, when it's all said and done, when your life's over, you know, as I said before, like that song, because you used it at, a, at funerals quite a lot, could it be said of your life that you did it your way? Or would it be better to said that your life, sorry, that you did it God's way? Because I guarantee if you try and do it your way, it's not going to work out. <clears throat> you've got to go God's way. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to go by God's way. You can't do it yourself. You can't make things up to suit. You can't justify yourself in front of God. You've got to come to God. Now, if you're not a Christian um, and you want to know more, please get in touch with us. Come speak to one of us and we can uh, happily show you from the Bible how you can be saved. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, if... Um, I've lost my train of thought now. If uh, we have time next time, I will um, I will look into uh, David and how more David was a, a man after God's own heart. But clearly, we can see that Saul wasn't a man after God's own heart. It only gets worse for Saul, and it's because he wouldn't repent. Now, um, that's it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, <coughs> God, for the uh, the truth of your word. God, that uh, we can be a man after God's own heart if we would humble ourselves in front of you. God, we, uh, we're sinners. We understand that um, <coughs> our sin put Jesus on the cross. And God, we pray that you would uh, forgive us, please, that you would help those who are struggling with impatience, Lord, to, uh, to realise that we need to, uh, to, to seek you and to, uh, to humble ourselves, Lord, when we're wrong. God, we, uh, we're too quick to, uh, to make excuses and justify our position. God, help us, please, as, uh, as we leave here now, as we go our separate ways. Uh, keep us safe. Help us to, uh, to be mindful. Help us to, uh, to be a blessing and to, uh, to be a witness here and uh, around the, uh, the community, Lord. Keep us safe, please, in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Um, I made up we're going to forego that. Uh, so, announcements. David,